know, today's Mother's Day. I don't know about the rest of the world, but in the United States, it's Mother's Day. And, uh, you know, for most of us, mother is the closest thing to unconditional divine love that we experience. Uh, so could you talk a little bit about uh, mother, divine mother, in both her personified yeah. form as well as impersonal or unmanifest? Even in the legendary stories that we have heard since childhood, like the first time uh, legend that we heard, the beginning of creation, when the Divine wanted to create, after Rudra went into Samadhi, then enormous fire also came into existence. That engulfed all the creation that went on getting created. Then it says, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, the trinities, and the first yogis of Brahma's conscious creation in mind only. Sanaka, Sanandana, Sanat Sujata, Sanat Kumara. They are the first yogis of the creation. So it says, they all prayed to that fire, the divinity, to assume the form of a mother. Because with a concept, a mother as the kindest who would unconditionally forgive her creation. Everybody, you don't have to apologize. For all others, you apologize and then they might forgive you. But for mother, you don't need to apologize at all. And another point, Swamiji used to tell, if you want to be a saint, you need to have the mother's heart readily ready to forgive grace upon bless everyone then you are a saint is to say so these are some of the things and Adi Shankara saying there can be a bad son but never a bad mother can never happen in the creation so I am sure almost everybody in the creation in the world accept mother's concept as the greatest, highest, awesome. We all adore, worship our mothers. We feel so fortunate that we were born to such mothers who taught us the Bhakti Marga scientifically, moderately, without any blind beliefs, total faith like that. So, I greet all creatures of this world, including humanity, that all of you are fortunate to have had a mother to be born on this earth. Know that mother is the divine goddess. As we talk of the mind or supreme consciousness or the supreme being is the combination of consciousness and energy. Energy is known as the Adi Parashakti, the mother goddess, the first invincible, invisible divinity, the energy, divine energy, that is Mother Goddess Bhuvaneshwari and she is the goddess, the lady of the universe, the creation. So like this, it's a never ending. I am sure all of you love your mothers, you enjoy being with them. May you all be blessed by your mothers, the divinity. 
May the divine bless you all and as a mother I love and bless all of you. Thank you Baba. Um you know we talk a lot about consciousness but we don't talk that much about the shakti or the vital force um and you've said that they're always together it's two aspects of one thing and you know you think of the shakti uh consciousness couldn't move without energy and so without uh, that mother nothing could be born um it's such a amazing principle yeah here one minute sorry for intruding i remember an incident some 30 years ago as i was in the ashram and uh, a monk came he was from our karnataka he spoke my language and he was very happy to have met a person from karnataka he offered to teach me devanagari the sanskrit language okay i said okay i will come because i am dedicated to this institution of my master whenever i get a time only then i will come you must not feel bad about it because i will have to show my reverence to you be you are going to be a teacher for me then i started going then he used to criticize this person that person this saint that saint he was bit negative in nature which i don't like so one day he came to ashram so when i was going to the school to fetch the children with their mother we were sitting in an auto rickshaw next to her i sat i considered her as an elder sister she also considered a boy brother so next time when i went to the master he was ridiculing what sort of ashram is there ladies come to the ashram what nonsense is that and you know you being a bachelor brahmachari you sat with her in the auto rickshaw this is very ridiculous this is a sin i said if i had come out of the womb of my father probably i would have accepted i'm sorry i have come after womb of my mother how can i dislike or hate her i love that's what my concept all are my mothers whoever it is so i don't mind dusting my guru's ashram i don't have to learn your sanskrit namaste <laughs> that's a good lesson we could all benefit from baba walking away from things that aren't <laughs> serving us um so baba the other side of mother is that that motherness you know there's motherhood you know where you not all motherhood's bigger you know it's uh you don't have to even give birth to a child the women's the females seem to have a bigger portion of that than males but motherness is in all of us i think and it's that you know love and cherish and protect and provide and yeah all, all of that um what what exactly is love where does it is it where does it start what is it a love should be from the depth of the heart unconditional not for any other purpose you love for sake of love this is possible when you can see yourself everywhere all pervading in everything as everything so that's when because as sometimes swamiji one time was telling everybody love love themselves 
only when they can see themselves in others also then they will be able to love unconditionally that's what it is possible that's the real love otherwise said ki it is lust and greed love for any materialistic or the bodily gains any such thing is not at all a love and such a love is unconditional unconditionally forgiving just doesn't don't mind anything for anything people criticize people might praise people might curse people might talk nonsense doesn't matters it's okay it's only a childish thing we have to forgive and bear with it no problem we don't have to lose our temper we don't curse anybody we just love that is the love love for sake of love so baba as as we grow in consciousness or clo- more enlightened closer to self realization we it seems that um you start to identify more with being the consciousness instead of being the person or all the thoughts and ideas and that consciousness is a universal thing you start to uh, kind of see that in everything and, and so automatically you start to feel like you are part of the whole or the whole is part of you one or the other so is that that kind of feeling of unity that's kind of like what love feels like you know that just pure love would be just pure oneness cuz it, it seems like love takes two things and makes it feel like it's one thing you see first you need to understand where you belong to like for example i have told this examples many times how the consciousness expands you go out of america and you meet another american you feel that love how beautifully a brotherly love a friendly love unconditional love he is our own like that you go to some other planet and you meet a person from planet earth how much you love you would like to love that the day that we all realize we all live exist in one single space no two items are there so we all belong to one space that's what the untouch divine who came as an untouchable person in front of adi shankara said when adi shankara said ki give way to me so then that person says is if there is any place beyond brahmanda brahmanda means this absolute space show me that place then i will go away there you are also in the same brahmanda i am also in the same brahmanda then he disappears then adi shankara prostrate the one who has this knowledge and wisdom he is equivalent to my guru so this knowledge this experience and wisdom is what gives you the love ability to love unconditionally because we are loving ourselves not with this narrow body but with the vast boundless space as ourselves that is the supreme consciousness so in essence we're not loving ourselves we we are love itself itself love itself exactly that right great hey i want to share a, a story since we've done a lot of stories and it relates to the mother um it was left a big impression on me swami sachinanda shrima swami he was such a great story to is such a great storyteller he used to tell the story about how um shiva and vishnu 
have been out for 50,000 years, you know, fighting the Asuras, the forces of duality and darkness. And 50,000 years in divine time, you know, it's not long. But the, uh, uh, and then they come back and they're bragging to their consorts, in this case is Parvati and Lakshmi, about how great warriors they were and how they sh- slayed all these Asuras and 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 they didn't give any credit to their shaktis to their to the to their consorts and the the consorts parvati and lakshmi became offended and they withdrew their energy and then as soon as they did shiva and vishnu couldn't do anything they were powerless and the, and then the whole creation started to kind of implode <laughs> so then they they begged for forgiveness and apologized and then they forgave them and everything went on um so baba uh what how would you explain consciousness to somebody to a lay person you know they hardly uh, a lot of people aren't even aware that they are conscious and i don't mean that in a negative way i mean they don't think of consciousness as a separate thing yeah you see couple of points one is the like the familiarly i talk about among millions of thoughts there is one thing which is not a thought a reality is the consciousness of your existence means a feeling that you have that i exist i that so that is the consciousness another thing consciousness means wherever you apply your consciousness you become aware of that just like now when i am talking you all apply your mind that mind is the combination of consciousness and energy they both are same inseparable there is energy in the consciousness and there is consciousness in the energy like that that is what is i mean to be the consciousness you are conscious be mindful be conscious so now you practice meditation to achieve this consciousness awareness conscious awareness am i right the word so like that that's what the yeah, consciousness is i like aware, the term awareness but the, i struggle with that baba because uh to me my experience is that wherever i put my awareness which is kind of like my attention then i become conscious of what it it's on and i've also had the experience that prior to becoming conscious uh, you know this i no be, prior to knowingness is just this sense of aware being aware not aware of anything just the your consciousness of existence is that pure awareness and that pure awareness then starts to know and as soon as it knows it becomes conscious you know that energy and consciousness separate yeah you see you are right either way whoever understands whichever terminology you apply your consciousness and become aware or you apply, apply your awareness and become conscious okay. <laughs> we both like, are same I, you know for me the, no conflict <laughs> um that um cuz i like using the term consciousness for uh knowingness knowingness you know i'm conscious of that I, it's knowingness but then when i go beyond knowingness i don't disappear i just become that pure awareness that consciousness of existence 
And I have come to, it helped me when I finally equated that it's pure consciousness and pure awareness are the same thing. That means there's just no thoughts in there, but yet it knows it exists, but intuitively, directly, without any second. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, the C. Oh, okay. So thoughts don't seem to know themselves. They seem to be the objects of, of perception, meaning there's a perceiver or, or a consciousness of existence that observes the thoughts in our mind. They, thoughts seem to be more like objects that consciousness perceives. They don't seem to perceive themselves. The, 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 you see, now we take up the, as the mind, consciousness. Consciousness is able to imagine and a thought appears and that consciousness is able to watch that thought because that thought is within itself. It doesn't go outside it. That's why it is able to see that one. So that's how. So now, and if it goes on and on and on like that with its imaginations and thoughts, it's likely to forget about itself in due course of time. That's what has happened to every soul. And then through meditation, you get rid of all imaginations, you stop imagining. Then you gain that back again to the consciousness. The consciousness becomes conscious of the consciousness. Of itself. I like that. Yes. Okay, so I, I, related to that, uh, you know, peop, you, when we're so involved in our thinking, we tend to think that we are our thoughts. But then as you meditate and you start to get some distance, you start to be able to kind of perceive or witness your, your thoughts. And then they seem like objects of perception. And I am viewing what's going on in my mind, but I am separate. And, uh, or that's happening in me, like you said. It's like the ocean and all these things of consciousness and all these things are just appearing and disappearing constantly. Um, but the thought itself doesn't seem to know itself. It seems like I know the thought or the consciousness knows the thought. Yeah, as long as that consciousness enters that thought, then the thought is noticed and then the consciousness analyzes that thought and elaborates further, thus getting involved and creating further thoughts. But the thought itself doesn't know from where it has come because it cannot see the consciousness. Thought cannot see the consciousness. As long as that thought doesn't dissolve one with the consciousness, it cannot see consciousness. In the same way, like people, we all of this world cannot see God, though God is all-pervaded, because we are the imagination of that divinity, once we need to dissolve ourselves, whatever we have imagined about ourselves, then only we will be able to see that divinity, which is consciousness again. So you have to become, to know the space, it is like you have to become the space itself. Yeah, to, to, to know the self, 
you have to stop thinking stop thinking as long as you you are thinking it can never give the truth it can give only what it thinks the more it thinks it limits the more you try to measure with a measuring tape you are going to limit the space yeah all these truths that you've been giving us for so long you know they they just get simpler and simpler stop thinking and you'll know the self <laughs> done <laughs> if you know the self you'll be at peace that's all you need to know <laughs> um okay um another some two terms spirit and soul are used in the west uh you know that we don't usually use terms like uh atman and jiva and par and brahman par brahman um how would you define a soul and 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 spirit i mean i mean let you have more to say well i was just going to say i think in my mind i i tend to think of a soul as a kind of a you know individualized uh being without a form and then i think of spirit as being much bigger more like consciousness pure consciousness or something like that is seen my understanding spirit means infinite where you cannot see through naked eyes it exists and it appears to be not existing so it is there and it is not there that's what the spirit form we tell and the soul atman atma in sanskrit i think ancient people used this word to tell because first they addressed it as tatva that then they tried to tell this the substance which has substantial existence value because if you try to go on looking into that you fail to understand whether you should tell that it exists or it does not exist whether it is atman or anatman this type of arguments have happened so many times in scriptures these things so that's why you cannot establish either of the thing because both are imagined terminologies it has to stop only then you are really aware of that yourself so that's what really happened but for sake of understanding and communication this is what somewhat it comes to a substance which has substantial existence value that's what in samadhi a yogi experiences it is then he understand away becomes aware of the fact that this space is not simply inert void it is supremely conscious so it can become conscious of its existence if it goes further into mahasamadhi it goes beyond and that also stops but if it comes that's how only in a duality you are alone imagine there is no second object is there at all anywhere but yet you have to imagine a second object to know yourself that you are an eternal existence yeah the normal kind of knowing is there's a subject and an object in the process of knowing but in that 
in that infinite space, there's no second. So it, but initially it knows itself intuitively, but then you can even go beyond that where it's so, so infinite, it doesn't even aware of itself. Yeah. It's like you are doing a mono acting, you become the hero and you become the villain and you slay yourself. Then you discover there is neither hero nor villain. There was also. <laughs> like that. That's kind of related. I think the Sabikalpa Samadhi, you know, would maybe relate to that space of feeling your infinite, but there's still, you haven't gone beyond that. That There's still the, uh, the I there that I feel I am infinite. I am the consciousness. Yes. And, uh, and it seems like that's more common to, to attain what you and Shivabala Yogi have attained uh the nervi kalpa is so rare where they they don't most yogis or you don't call them yogis until they've obtained nervi kalpa so there's hardly any yogis but it's uh, but the <laughs> but, but once the, most people they obtain that uh, sabikalpa state where they feel like they are the infinite i am infinite but they don't go beyond that yeah, they end up defining. Again, that means they end up thinking. They end up imagining yeah. that which has to stop. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, good. I like it. Uh, so, Baba, um, when people are passing away, they're, you know, the body's dying, um, it's usually prescribed to chant the Gayatri Mantra. Um, does, does chanting the Gayatri help the parting person or is it mainly to help the people that are chanting it, that are, su that are suffering because of the loss of the one moving on? If the departing person's consciousness can hear or absorb some, that sound effect, that can be very beneficial. It can make that consciousness to get reduced of its violent thinkings and become more non-violent, cool down, cool down, serenity, quietening type. So that is definitely helpful. Once that happens to consciousness, that gets an elevated birth in the next time, if at all it has to be born. So that wonder can happen if it is still that consciousness is there. So, in whatever it is, it is not a waste of exercise, not at all a waste. At least it will be helpful for the person who chants and for anybody who can consciously hear that sound effect. So the, so the mechanics there are, if you can hear that, it will cool down your mind, it'll quiet your mind, and that will be beneficial to whatever degree you can do that. Yes. Okay. Um, would you comment on um, this saying that we're not human beings having a spiritual experience, we're spiritual beings having a human experience? <laughs> <laughs> See, that is what has happened. Spiritual beings having human experience, 
now as human being we have to experience that we are that spirit we need to have the spiritual experience otherwise we get carried away that we are only human beings we forget that we are that spiritual beings so this thing is very important it has come into journey it needs to go back a reverse journey is also equally important one journey has happened spiritual beings have become human beings but the human beings has to go back to the spiritual being yeah it's good to remember that uh, not everybody's on the return journey in fact uh, most people seem to be on the outward journey but yeah both aspects of you know one big divine reality so that when a yogi come that's what he tries to create an awareness in a thought human beings now go back to your spiritual being <laughs> yeah that's uh nasargadara said you know it's uh uh it's not liberation of the person it's liberation from the person <laughs> yes <laughs> there is no liberation for the person because <laughs> it's always going to be in boundaries it makes sense <laughs> brian before we take your question uh baba there is a written question here um can i ask you uh, what's the difference between the energy of shiva and that of divine mother if we're calling divine mother as adi parashakti there is uh, no such thing as shiva's energy or adipara shakti's energy shiva and adipara shakti they both are one and same inseparable existence shiva shakti so that's what the supreme consciousness and supreme energy mother is not a different entity from shiva that she has a different energy and shiva has a different energy okay uh also the uh, other part of the question is innate objects are also in existence but we define innate as lacking consciousness consciousness is all pervaded everywhere it is there it's a different matter somewhere the manifestation could be there at some place the manifestation or its connection to this universe maybe temporarily it is below behind the screens because only wherever that brain is there developed brain is there then the consciousness is depicted like in human beings the well developed brain is there that is how a consciousness is depicted very well with discrimination thinking ability ability to use intelligence wisdom all these things are possible like in all other creatures those living species they are able to adopt an instincts based on the instincts generation after generation they learn from the mothers how to hunt for their food and that's all more than that they don't think they don't discriminate what is happening why we are born as animals why we are not human beings all these things they cannot think it is simply there In the same way if it is a stone or any such thing though the consciousness is there but it is not depicted it is not manifested 
because the brain is absent there. So, yeah, basically anything that exists would have, since consciousness is the fundamental material, every, everything is a form of consciousness. Yeah, but, but not all forms that have self-awareness. Yes, yeah. So that's how we recognize if the consciousness is depicted as a living species in science or in other things, different terminology. But the facts are different. Yeah, I always liked, uh, you know, may there be peace and happiness in all forms of consciousness. That that always makes me feel good. <laughs> so, okay, Brian. What One second, uh, yeah. Baba, there was one other question from my sister that said, can you become self-realized after you transition if you were close in the physical, uh, if you were close in the world, uh, physical world? Can you become self-realized during a transition or after transition? During the transition is possible. When that happens, then it merges. After the transition, it would have merged already. It won't exist as an individual soul. Babaji, my question relates to something I've been convinced of for a long time, which is that many of the world's religions are teaching really one and the same wisdom. It is just described and expressed in different ways that go through cultural filters, but that the underlying wisdom is the same. Along those lines, I was watching a very interesting documentary about greed and why humans are greedy. And it talked about the psychological, the neurological, and the spiritual reasons for this greed behavior. And there was an interview, they interviewed many people, there was an interview with a Buddhist teacher who said that um, the essence of existence of the universe is emptiness. And I've heard this term used by Buddhists before, and it puts me in mind of your teachings about space. But my question is, is it the same thing? The emptiness that I heard the Buddhist teacher describe as the essence of everything and the space that you teach us about? Though the beginning terminology is definitely the same, but we must not conclude it as either emptiness or just a space, what we have understood as a wide place. It is beyond that. No terminology, no attributions. It is neither absolute nor zero. It appears to be zero, it appears to be absolute. Like that, it is there and it is not there. That's what Buddha meant when he spoke of actual word. He has told his nirvana. Nirvana means it appears to be nothing, but it is there. Thank you, Babaji. Pranams, Babaji. Uh, Baba, a few Zoom sessions ago, you had said something before we went in to meditate um, that I found really helpful. Um, you had said, when you're watching, 
you're not doing anything else mentally. Remember this point. And I wonder if you might um, uh, talk about and explain um, why that's such an important point so that uh, the meditation method is successful for us. You see, if you don't just watch, now first thing, mind has two aspects. One is its ability to watch and its ability to think, both are there. When you achieve one of them thoroughly, 100%, then the other aspect stops, it gets reduced, it gets composed. So that's why here, now mind, it has become mind the same consciousness because it is consistently thinking, thinking, thinking through analyzations, making judgments and that is why when people want to meditate, their thoughts and visions doesn't come to an end. Mind doesn't become silent. They are unable to achieve the silence of the mind and then they are unable to become aware of themselves as that ultimate truth. That is not possible because the mind is constantly thinking, thinking. When it is thinking means it is imagining. So that's why now it is start, you just watch. Repeatedly we keep talking, watch in between eyebrows and do not repeat anything, means no mantra, no name, don't reverberate anything in your mind and do not imagine anything. This is the greatest instruction, is the third point. Do not imagine anything. If you are thinking, you are going to imagine. Let we teach any thought or any vision come, whether it is good or bad, but you don't imagine whether it is good or bad. Then you will get involved. You will create further thoughts, further thoughts and get involved into millions of thoughts. Just watch. So when you are watching, when you are able to achieve that watching, then the mind stops thinking. As the mind stops thinking, all thoughts and visions dissolve. All the created thing by the consciousness dissolve. Only that consciousness of existence remains. That's how consciousness become aware and that awareness become consciousness of. Thank you so much. How does sitting in silence during meditation clear the impressions in the mind? So, so when you are silent, I have already answered to this question. If you are silent, all those thoughts, they lose its existence value. A thought exists as long as you hold on to that thought with an imagination. The mind has a tendency when it watches a thought or a vision, it cannot keep quiet. It has to analyze, like this is good, this is bad, why is this, why not this, is this is mine, this is not mine, about this world, anything that it comes across, it doesn't keep quiet. Now your job is to achieve that quietness. If it becomes quiet, then all thoughts automatically gets dropped because you are not holding. What happens when your mind thinks a thought appears, watching that thought, Mind forgets this thought is there because of my imagination. Instead, that thought, that mind starts considering that thought to be a fundamental reality and gets involved with that thought. 
as if it is a reality so that's what happens so that's why watching is start when you are silently able to sit the rest of the thoughts and visions automatically disappear then only the consciousness of existence that ultimate truth is experienced baba there's uh, a couple things there you know impressions we think of as samskaras which would be those judgments that are yes that have kind of formed our behavior and our personality but there's also memories and then we have a m- memories of those judgments and our experiences so the somehow we get rid of the of the binding impressions but we don't get rid of the memories the memories you have an amazing memory you seem to remember, remember everything you see memory is in the brain actually simply the concentrated mind when it taps the brain then the folder gets opened that's what happens so that's why every life when the body dies along with that actual memory is lost you don't remember what you were where you were born if at all you were born with whom you were born who were your sibling who were parents who were wife who was this and that everything is forgotten ashtavakra says ki that is the boon of the divinity otherwise how would you have managed 50 lives if you remember your wives and others children and this that everything one would go mad emotions managing all things so that's what happens technically scientifically spiritually along with the death of the brain all memory is lost as long as that brain is there you can remember exactly what happened like we are able to remember our childhood i have controlled my mind achieved self realization i am able to keep the mind quiet i don't allow it to keep playing all the time but i can apply it on the brain and remember what happened when i was 7 years old something like that we can recall that one so it's on the hard drive but it's not playing yeah. uninvited software is pure there's nothing in it <laughs> thank you so much baba for being here um i have a question that came up actually i'm really interested in science and this came kind of stimulated my thought process and reminded me of your teachings and it was from like a neuro neuroscience perspective where um they've sort of just realized that the um the brain is constructing almost like a a uh abstract reality from what whatever ground truth reality is you know and basically you build up your own um perception of color your perception of sound your perception of everything else so that makes me it made me really think deeply about you know everything that's going on everything you're perceiving is your own world you know even and so i guess it made me think well what is this ground truth reality that we see and maybe that's sort of what we merge into when we're um when we're finally when you finally are able to self realize and i guess that's sort of the question and then also is there sort of a once mahasamadhi occurs is is uh there's still a world or a universe or is, is that just disappear or is that remain i guess and it's not perceived at least for the person who attains mahasamadhi everything dissolves he gets to experience this before the actual merger 
impermanence and also simply it is an appearance it has no other solid ground reality because it is created only by the technology of consciousness imagination no other raw material is there so no solid creation has happened though this world appears to be so solid but it is really not solid as you were talking about neuro sciences the ground realities and it is creating something that's why i also tell the brain can be a very wonderful servant but a very bad master it's just like a computer it doesn't know what the truth is it will simply reflect whatever it comes to it because it cannot give the context does nobody knows what this world is in any field through science technology or spirituality they will simply have to imagine give a terminology so that they can communicate in this world so that they can understand in a particular way a mango becomes mango because everybody accepted it as a mango a sweetness becomes sweetness because everybody accepted it as a sweetness this would be the neuro truth also so that's what happens that it cannot give the ground reality that's what it is that's why we tell as long as the mind is imagining it cannot give the ground reality of what the truth is it has to go everything that's how probably einstein also realized one has to cross the barrier of time and space that cannot be demonstrated an individual has to experience and go to that level of understanding until then even if the master explains it will be very difficult for the truth to penetrate the inner layers of the consciousness that's why master teaches you meditate you meditate that means you develop elevate yourself to a better understanding capacity the more mind becomes quiet and quiet and quiet and becomes concentrated then it gains this ability otherwise you see when a master teaches students keep arguing they don't understand like for example what buddha has told about nirvana many people keep arguing anatman and atma is not there and emptiness and this and that a real teacher understands we have to go beyond it is neither existence nor non existence it is beyond that like that